Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. As we welcome in our 1320 Kings hey. Insider. You see that boy? You got a little ambiance back there? Oh, I do have the uh, the neon lights on behind me. Yeah, you got a little ambiance yeah. back there. I yeah, see you l- here. Let's see. Let's see. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's, nice. That's a nice touch right there. Yeah, that's got to stay on every time now. <laughs> At the red good. light. I forgot good. about that. I also have a Newcastle uh, neon over on the other side of my bar. That's funny. I, I forgot those were on. <laughs> One day we'll, we'll just get you to turn the camera around so people can see. Because I don't think people get, like, when James says the bar, no, he literally just has bar. a bar, like, on, on, on like. Look at oh, that. Hell yeah. Look at that. Yeah. Like and and Ham's not a poor schmuck like me who goes back there and pours his own drinks. No, 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 no. He just gets bartenders that he knows to come over and 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 work for tips and uh you get dope drinks all night when you're at that's James. A, that's house. a hell of a setup right there. Yeah, I I I live a good lifestyle up here. <laughs> that's why that's why that's why I said after I went to to James's house every joke I tell about Kenny's house and the armed security and the and the acreage and the that's actually James's house mm-hmm. that's, that's actually what, <laughs> yeah, you show up at the door armed armed security who are you here for uh I'm here to see James Ham all right go through <laughs> but don't act yep. up they talk about the long driveway, guys. I have a long entryway. I'm a long entryway oh, yeah. guy. Yeah. It, 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 <laughs> oh, man, that's, it, it goes big for a money, while. man. It goes for a while. James, let's start with this because I brought it up at the beginning of the show. I need you to admit to everyone watching and listening that Terrence Davis is playing great basketball right now. Love it. Terrence is playing great basketball. Yeah, I, I actually uh, I went over to Terrence in pregame on um, Saturday and said, "Hey, uh, everything good? You you ready to step in with uh, with Monk out?" He's like, "Yep, I'm always ready." And I'm like, "All right, sounds good." You he know, he's is, like, man. "I it, he's like whether I play a bunch of minutes or a few minutes, I'm always ready." I'm like, "All right, good show." I'm like, "Hey, hit the first one." <laughs> he smiled. I'm like, "You're always better when you get that first one to go down." He's like, "All right, all right." Yep. Now the, the the thing um with Terrence that we talked about is he is always ready. Whether, you know, he executes and makes his shots or all this other stuff, but he is a guy and this is why I like him. He's always ready to compete. Always ready to compete. And you know, you saw it on Saturday, not only with the way he was scoring, but his defense against Luca. Luca, that was almost a definition, no disrespect to Terrence Davis, it just is what it is, of too small. <laughs> like hmm. Luca would back him down, make a spin move. And get an easy layup. 
But that didn't deter Terrence Davis from the next time down. Yep, I'm guard, I'm at him. You know what I'm saying? I'm at him. He he never got deterred. He's always ready to compete, and that's what I love uh, from having him on the court. Um, and then if his shot's falling, now he's he's really dynamic if he's got that going on. Yeah, you know what? Like, I don't think that Terrence has done anything wrong, really, to fall out of the rotation. He is a guy that, like, you have to tell him a couple of times. you got to really work with him on play sets and on rotations and on all that stuff. If the ball is in his hands, he's really good. If he is on ball as a defender, he's really good. Uh, or at least he's okay, he's good enough. Um, it's it's the other times. It's he he's learning how to play off ball. He's learning how to uh, how to play in rotations and all that stuff. So the the problem that he has, if I'm really going to point it out, it's not really him. It's it's that Malik Monk is a more mature version of him. Mm. He's he's a guy with more experience that does the same things that he does. Uh, maybe Monk is a better creator for others. Um, but you can see Terrence Davis has that skill as well. The problem is that very few times you see a team who allows two of those, well, at least good teams. They don't usually have two of those guys on the court. And so Terrence has just kind of been the odd man out because when you have players who are high energy, super exciting, big athletic uh, dunkers, and you know they're a lot of fun, but they also make plenty of mistakes. You don't have two of those guys playing, and uh, he's just kind of he's been uh, unfortunately the guy who's been left out with with Monk uh, coming aboard this off season. Takeaways from let we 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 can go weekend overall. Um, obviously, we had two very different games on Friday and Saturday, but seeing how the Kings responded on Saturday. Uh, what are your biggest takeaways from this this sh- this short little mini series with the Dallas Mavericks? Uh, okay, so number one, I'll make this claim right now. Um, that was probably the biggest win in 16 years for that team mm. uh, on Saturday night. Um, and, and to be honest with you, too, I think that that was probably the biggest moment for De'Aaron Fox in his career, mm. where you. That piggybacked a team you said i'm gonna take you home Hmm. and uh to me that was one of the most spectacular performances he showed that night anyone who was watching i am just as good as any of these other all-stars and just flat out like you want to talk about Kyrie, you want to talk about luca you want to even talk about domos i'm the guy Hmm. and like what a performance by him um, and, and I think something that people miss, that was the third game in four nights. Mm-hmm. It was a back-to-back. I mean, the Kings, not only was it the third game in four nights, but the first game was in Houston. He's coming off the birth of his son. He's got all kinds of crazy sleep patterns and things going on. His off-the-court life is wild. His last three games, he's combined to score 100 points. And, and that's just like he's shown up. He figured it out. He he locked in and he figured out like, if we're going to be this team in this time, I've got to go out and be this player. And what he he basically won two games out of the three, uh, and his performance what twenty six points in the fourth quarter and overtime session combined, eight free throws made in the overtime session, fourteen points in the overtime session, which is an all time Kings record that broke uh, Page's record from I think it's two thousand one in Brooklyn. Um, yeah, he just, 
he's absolutely uh, well-deserving of that all-star spot. And I'm really happy for him that he had that kind of performance against big, big-time big players. And that's not even mentioning, James, um, what he did on Friday in the loss. They didn't lose because of him. You know, 33 on the night, did everything he could late in that game to bring him up on both sides of the floor, right? Like he was scoring, and I thought the, the defense that he played on Kyrie Irving um, when they were trying to make a little mini comeback in that fourth quarter, I thought that was potentially, if they could have hit a couple other shots, that would have been one of the stories um, if they were able to come back and win that game that night. So he is playing as well as he's ever played in his career. He is, I, I talked about it, uh, I think, uh, last week or maybe the last time when you guys were, when we were all together, and it's just like he's he's at a place where it's all come together. Like, it's uh, his mental is there. He knows exactly what he wants to do on the floor the spots he wants to get to, the shots that are his shots. Like he has go-to moves, go-to shots, go-to spots on the floor, and he knows how to get there, and nobody can stop him right now. And then you talk about what he does in the fourth quarter, and now that just elevates the profile because now you're doing it when them lights are on Mm -hmm. and you're not afraid, man. He's I've never seen him play this good before. Yeah, at the end of the third quarter, on Saturday night, I think I even tweeted out the Kings are going to need fourth fourth quarter Fox if they're going to win this one. Mm. And sure enough, I mean, my goodness, he was so good. Uh, yeah, just, you know, he's he's got this ability to go wherever he wants on the court. And it's very few players. And if you really talk, like Kyrie is that guy as well. He can get wherever he wants. That layup that Kyrie hit late in the game was just spectacular. Uh, that's an interesting vibe too around that team. I, I just tell you that the Dallas Mavericks are are like a very very strange experiment that's happening, and there are a lot of players there that um, were very excited on Friday night that uh, that Kyrie was the guy leading him into the game and not Luca. Mm-hmm. And you know he's a guy that you know I, I think eventually there will be a moment where you have to make a, a decision on like revamping rosters and stuff. Because I don't think a lot of players love to play alongside him. It's just too much him. And, you know, it's tough. Let me ask you about, while we're talking about Dallas mm-hmm. real quick, Ham, like um, did your thoughts about them change over the weekend? Because it did for me. I saw me what they could be with the way they played. I mean, you got Kyrie and Luka, and then you've got the way that offense runs where I talked about it earlier, James. They know they want to get the corner threes, and they get them. They get the corner threes all the time. And if Josh Green is hitting, Christian Wood is doing something off the bench. This team, I thought before, you know, we saw them play a game that the ceiling of what they could be was raised when they got Kyrie, but I had to see it. And I saw it, and I was like, ooh, they they got a little something. They got something. They do. Like, if if you let Kyrie run the run the offense for long stretches, I think they're still trying to figure out, like, their substitution patterns in the first game. And that's what we're seeing. Like the first game with those two together, uh, the Kings really got like a look at it. And late in the game, they're running a two-man game. Like that was incredible. Like that team has a ton of potential. But on top of that, they got a bunch of pieces they got to fill out. You know, you had good games from JaVale McGee. You had good games from Christian Wood. Like some of those guys like stepped up. But like those aren't anchors for the franchise that are going to be there long term. The, the two guys that are going to be there, I think, in their mind, hopefully for, for their sake, is Kyrie and Luka. And, and they're going to have to find ways to make them uh, like 
how how to stay on the court together, especially late in the game. Man, if you're the Kings, like you're you're smiling. Like, go ahead, Fox, do whatever you want. You're going up against Luca and Kyrie. Uh, on one end, is very difficult. On the other end, it's not at all. Like, those guys aren't great defenders, and you can do a lot of different things against them. So, yeah, I mean, we're only seeing the beginning of that team. Who knows where they end up, especially with Kyrie being a free agent this summer. But there's potential there. They're, they just need a bunch of other pieces. They kind of need, like, Dorian Finney-Smith and, <laughs> uh, and Spencer Tinwoody back in order to make that whole thing work. They need another scorer. They need another defender. And that's kind of where I thought watching them play uh, on on both Friday and Saturday. Oh, they look- and shout out to my guy Gary St. Jean. Oh man, like people should know, Gary St. Jean is one of the absolute gems of the NBA. He's one of the nicest men you're ever going to meet. And his son, uh, Greg St. Jean, who used to be a development uh, development coach for the the Kings, is like Jason Kidd's right hand man in Dallas. He's an up and coming coach. Uh, but to see Gary there both on Friday and Saturday night, former Kings head coach that led the Kings to the 95-96 playoffs uh, and just really one of the genuine, like, amazing dudes you're going to run into. Very good stuff indeed. Um, going back to De'Aaron, you talk about that performance that he had, and, and Kenny brought this up earlier, and I couldn't agree more. We're obviously focusing on, on everything that he did offensively in in the fourth quarter and in overtime, which was – just spectacular. He was really, really good on the defensive end as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I thought he was amazing. Um, it, the last, like, three games, we've seen him be really, really active. Uh, it started with the Jalen Green game. Um, you know, Jalen Green lit the Kings up for, what, 41 in, in that second matchup. Mm-hmm. And, like, I thought Fox took on the challenge late. Uh, once a guy gets hot and he's hitting everything from the perimeter, it's, it's really, really difficult um, but I thought we saw the energy and activity level. Also, to I'm, I'm going to be writing on this probably for tomorrow. There's something about this team that I think is unique and different, and uh, it, it's, it pertains to Fox. They are all bought into fourth quarter Fox. Mm-hmm. Even like I asked Keegan Murray on Friday night, I think he had 16 points at the end of the third quarter and never took another shot. He's the guy who got hot in the third and actually gave him a shot in the game to come back. And he's like, oh, no, no, the fourth quarter, that like we got, we got like the best score in the league in the fourth quarter. He's supposed to do that in the fourth quarter. And if, and if I get an open three, I need to hit it. But no, that's, that's what it's Fox time. Like, I understand that. And that's kind of the vibe that you're getting from this team that they, they're waiting. I, I don't know if they're either even waiting. They're all empowering Fox to be that guy in the fourth quarter. And it starts at the top, and it goes to every man on the roster. They all see what's happening. They know that he's storing up and waiting for the fourth quarter. And then they're relying on him. And they're setting picks, and they're getting him looks, and they're running with him. They're you know they're filling the lanes so he has spacing. It's really interesting to watch uh, a team sort of hand themselves over to a specific player because – like we've never really had that in Sacramento. Even during the cousin era, uh, there were times where you fed him a whole bunch of times in a row. But we're seeing the team like consciously make the decision to like do everything they can to fill up their stats in the first three quarters. And when they get to the fourth, it's like okay, he's going to take us home. Is there because you've seen Fox's entire career, and you've always talked about, and I've seen it. You know, you talk about how confident he is, right? 
Um, do you see another level of confidence to his game late in these late game situations in the fourth quarter? I look at something as simple as the way it used to frustrate me. And I think he did this while we were on the air, but late in games when it was fouling time for the other team, Darren Fox would take the ball out. And I'm like, no, you're, you're the point guard. Go get the basketball, get to the free throw line, put the game away. And he wouldn't do that. And now, I mean, he's chomping at the bit to get to the free throw line in every single moment. And that goes into him taking these late game shots and having the confidence. Do you see him with more confidence this year? And I only ask that because I think we've all looked at De'Aaron Fox as a very confident ball player since the day he stepped into Sacramento, but it looks different now. You know what? He It just feels like we saw it early in the season, but he grew up. That's what it feels like. It feels like the whole time, like we've been waiting for this moment where uh, a young player, you know, like every player kind of matures at a different time and a different level. And like, you're hoping for like this epiphany moment. And he, he just seemed to have it like early in the season. I thought, Holy cow, look how good he is. And we, we talked about it so many times, like that everything seems to be coming together. It's the right coach at the right time. Uh, he just got married. He's got a baby on the way. Now, you know, we're looking at a young father. We're, we're, we're seeing like all of the pieces fall into place for someone who is, you know, like the natural progression of a person as much as it is a player. Mm. And I think what we're seeing is, is just really, it's the beginning. He's understanding the responsibility of being that guy and of being the guy that your team counts on to do something like this. And, and not just for, you know, in a 30 win season, you got to show up, you know, 25 times and do it. We're seeing that he's starting to understand that it has to be almost every night and it doesn't have to be 30 points, but you got to give something great on every night, whether it's assists or whether it's defense or a combination of a bunch of things he he's finding that you know he can be impactful in every single game it's really fun to watch it's fun to watch a a young guy mature go from a 19 year old kid to like a 25 year old adult and and watch every step of his career every game he's ever played and and start to see like the fruits of his labor and the fruits of the labor of the people around him that have really put so much time and energy into him sort of pay off it again it's it's really fun to see hammer you agree with our man alex here on youtube.com slash espn 1320 it all started with that orlando game winner you know maybe but like it feels like all of the games run in together at some point like when you're there every day and you're covering every single game like we do um you know like you could point to even the what you're talking about kenny i'll tie the the free throw in thing together like there's a point where like De'Aaron Fox stepping to the line needing one out of two uh, one out of three just to tie it and two out of three to win it mm-hmm. against Houston on Wednesday night that was a shaky proposition mm-hmm. and he stepped up he hit he hit all three well look what that looked like on Saturday night where they kept fouling him and he went 8 of 8 from the line in the overtime session so we're seeing the natural progression of a player, but we're seeing it in these like little bits of pieces where you see a guy take steps and like start to, you know, show just, you know, again, you, you're just a much different player, a much different person when you're 19 than when you are 25. Mm-hmm. And he's learned how to, you know, eat better. He's learned how to uh, get better, you know, sleep patterns. And he's, he's learned how to be an adult. And 
I, I really do think that it's it's fun to watch sort of the the maturation of a player. Do you guys remember how the season started? You remember the you remember opening night? And I remember because I was going out of Portland. town and I was driving to San Francisco to SFO and I was listening to D'Lo and Casey. I was listening to uh, my main man, Damian Barling and James Ham talk about the previous night's game and they had callers call in and they're like, this Fox, come crunch time. He plays the selfish ball. He had three turnovers at the end of the game and then what was that little sorry shot he took in the corner trying to play hero ball? <laughs> my, oh my, how things have changed for some people because who else would you rather have with the ball making decisions in crunch time? Like, it, but that's how the season started. Like, I'm, I'm thinking about like some of the things that have gone on this year, and that was the first game of the season. That game against Portland, where they blew that lead at the end. I think De'Aaron Fox still had like, I want to say like 11 in the fourth quarter or something like that. But he had three turnovers, and he did miss the the final shot that went in and out four times and popped out or whatever the case may be to lose that game. And a lot of people were questioning, yo, we need a closer. Like, this guy isn't it. Now you've got arguably the best closer in the game today right now. Yeah, and I'll even bring up this this question from Leezy in, in the chatty house. Uh, do you realistically think the Kings could beat the Mavs in the playoffs? I do. And, and I, I'll tell you why. Um, first of all, like I still think the Kings are going to make some adjustments to the roster between now and the end of the season. There, there's going to be a way for them to add at least one piece. Um, so you could try to clear up some of the issues that you have as far as, you know, defending in the post. But the reason, the biggest reason why is because Mike Brown has faced the Mavs and he knows how to game plan for a player like Luca or specifically Luca. He also knows how to game plan against a guy like Kyrie Irving, he's been there. He knows. So that's why that's why uh like like regular season Mike Brown is great, right? We're excited that that he's a, a guy who's he's running this team in a different way than we've seen in the past. Even, you know, we can talk about like Wednesday, they they beat the Rockets, they flew home, they have practice on Thursday before a back to back. Like that's never happened before. I've never seen that before at all. He's just on them all the time. But I bring this up because he keeps saying, like, these are the things that we have to learn now so when we get to the playoffs, we're, we actually have a shot. And Mike Brown, at this point, he's not out there publicly saying it, but I guarantee you that Mike Brown isn't looking at the playoffs as like a one-and-done thing. Like, hey, let's let's just get there. That's not what Mike Brown's here for. Mike Brown is here to win. And so, yeah, I, I do think that they will know how to play Dallas in the playoffs. They they will have ideas of how to slow down Luka. Or even if Luka goes nuts, like slow down the other guys. There's yeah. going to be nights where you just can't stop a guy. Mm-hmm. And one of those guys, you know, but Dallas can't stop De'Aaron. Dallas struggles with uh, Sabonis. If Sabonis doesn't get in foul trouble, you're going to be okay. Uh, you know, these are things that like the Kings have that they don't ha- have as well. They don't have another player like Harrison Barnes. Mm-hmm. You know, they don't. Yeah, if it looked like it looked like Dallas got tired at the end of that Saturday night game. Um, you really go back to the beginning of overtime. I think they came out trying to shoot threes and short 
short, and it became pretty apparent early if Sacramento can take advantage on the offensive end, they're going to win this game because they've got no legs left. And that included Luka Doncic, by the way. So I, I think this, the, the, I think going back to the Dallas Mavericks conversation, you saw a lot of good uh, in the Kyrie led Mavericks. I think you saw a lot of good in the Kyrie Luka Doncic led Mavericks. But I also think if you're going to poke holes in this deal, in this roster, you're able to do that as well because you have the example of a 52-minute game. Now, granted, there won't be a ton of those, but they lost their legs late in regulation, and that carried over into into overtime. You start stacking games against the same team, uh, whether it's Sacramento or another one. I do think Dallas is going to have some difficulties in, in the postseason. I see a lot of good in them, mainly because of Kyrie Irving mm-hmm. uh, and obviously the talent that Luka is. But I also see the faults in them as well. Yeah, it, it kind of reminds me a little bit of what's happening in Phoenix, where everyone just like all the betting lines changed so dramatically when the Kevin Durant trade went down. And Matt, like I know, I know KD's incredible, and but KD's also hurt all mm-hmm. the time, and he's thirty-four years old, and he's had an Achilles injury. He's, he's still out with a knee injury, and you gave up like a, a really, really a star in his role player in uh, Mikhail Bridges. You gave up a really good young player in Cam Johnson. Uh, and then on top of that, you gave up four first-round picks and two pick swaps and NJ Crowder, which they flipped and got five second-round picks for. And then we hear this, that uh, Memphis offered, um, what was it, four first-round picks for Mikhail Bridges. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine making a trade where you get Cam Johnson and eight first-round picks and five second-round picks and two pick swaps? Jeez. Like, seriously? What do you That's, do with that? I, I don't know, but at the same time, like, there's nothing to say that this will work out yeah. at all in Phoenix. Uh, you know, KD is fine. Uh, like, you know, again, Devin Booker is a really nice player. Uh, Chris Paul went out and got old like th- mm-hmm. the rest of us did. And, you know, uh, Aiton is a perfectly fine player, but now they have a bunch of holes in the roster. They gave up two starting forwards. And, you know, so we'll have to see how they look uh, come playoff time. But I, I really, I, I relate them very similar to Dallas, where it's like everyone pushes all in, but okay, that, that's fine. That just because you made a big trade doesn't guarantee anything. James Ham, Kings Beat, ESPN 1320 Kings Insider. We'll come back, James. I uh, want to talk more specifically. I want to talk about Trey Lyles and uh, in, in really that bench overall uh, and the impact that they've had on the team so far this year. And we'll do that when we return here. D'Lo and Casey on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. D-Lo and KC continues. Streaming live on the Odyssey app. Some nerd notes for sports media junkies. Uh, Fox Sports PR is pushing out that the Super Bowl scored 113 million viewers. Uh, Ranks as the third most watched TV show ever. I think it's a bit of a stretch to call it uh, a TV show. (laughs) Is the final episode Mm -hmm. of MASH number one still? (laughs) They used to say that forever. I would think it has to be. I can't believe it. How could it have more? Not a final episode of Mask got more than 113 viewers. Less channels. Viewers. Have you ever watched the, the final episode of Mash? No, Never. I used to watch oh. Mash every now and then. You it's know what? Show, we, we, we were talking about this. Uh, we were talking about the, I hate, that theme music made me cringe. <laughs> I don't know why, but I've have always hated it. The lyrics to the Mash theme song? No, no I feel there's a story behind it, though, right? Uh, it's literally suicide is painful. Oh yeah, that brings nice. on many okay. changes. Wow, God. yeah, wow, Jeez. yeah. You should probably listen. That's a dark, dark theme song. Well, that explains why I hated the the the, <laughs> yeah. the sound of it. No, 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 no. Yeah, they made a good show me out nuts. of it. Was seemingly a dark experience. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's was, uh, it was terrible. Yeah, it's heavy. Um. But go ahead. I you guys got to stop saying stuff that makes me look things up in the middle of the show. <laughs> oh, yeah. The yeah. series finale. Jesse, do you have the number? Yeah, it averaged at 105.9 million, and then it peaked at 121.6 million. One. That's 121. Wow. Lord. It's a show that's far away from yeah. the Super Bowl and even close. It's Not a show that captured uh, like the feelings of so many people, just like the the entire show, you know, because it's, you're dealing with wartime and mm. yeah, it was wild. That's and it was a comedy. A, such a great show. It was a comedy. Yeah. yeah. That show aired for 11 seasons starting in 1972. Damn. Wow. Um, uh, well, so, sorry. Let me, let me, y'all stop messing with me. Uh, most watched Super Bowl in six years, most streamed Super Bowl ever, most streamed event in Fox Sports history. Mm. That's mm. a low bar, but I, I guess but put, put, put it put it on here. Uh, so 113 million for the Super Bowl. Wow, went up again. Um, nothing I was gonna say. 
with the, the Nash the, theme song is stuck in my head because of YouTube shirts. Just, no, it used to come on Channel Thirty One. Well, of course, on. I because yeah. wrestling was on. But it would come on late night though. Mm-hmm. Wrestling mm-hmm. wasn't on late night unless you were on NBC. No, it, it, it be it be I think Mash would be on sometimes in the morning too. Okay. Okay. Yeah, my uh, my grandma used to watch this all the time, and I watched a ton of Mash and a ton. I've seen every Perry Mason ever. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, Damien, you want to hear the three-point contestants? Yes. Uh, so Kevin Herter now confirmed for the three-point contest. Confirm. We know Shivano is in it. Shivano's in we it. We know Dame's in it. Dame is in it. And I think that's where the extent of my knowledge of who's in the three-point contest. Those three from the Utah Jazz. Okay. Lori Marketing. All right. Uh-huh. From the Portland Trailblazers, Anthony Simons. Interesting. Okay. And from the Indiana Pacers, number zero, Tyrese Halliburton is in the three-point contest. Let's go. Wait, why? I don't know. <laughs> so there's two Pacers in it, in in two Blazers. Yep. Yeah. All right. Hmm. Halliburton in there. Good He'll for Tyrese. there going up against Kevin Herter. Kevin Herter, one man wolf pack. Okay, Herter, Herter, beat them both. <laughs> beat them both. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a handicap match. Got to beat them both. Got to be the both. Come on. That's funny. It's the end of the elimination I, I chamber. Let's go, Kevin Herter. I hope he finds his shot. Like this is a good. He's going to be doing nothing but shooting threes for the next like five days. Like mm. it, it should be interesting to see if he can find a shot. Yeah. Um, speaking of finding their shot, did that pesky rookie wall pop up again? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, we we saw Keegan Murray, and and this was part of the Terrence Davis conversation and part of the conversation about the bench that we'll get into here uh, in just a second, James. But uh, Keegan struggled. That resulted in Terrence playing uh, longer minutes, which I guess is good. I mean, Mike had a feel for the game. He knew he was going to stick with his hot hand. Uh, but another. So-so outing from from Keegan Murray on Saturday. Yeah, we spoke to him today, and, you know, just he's so even kill. Um, he just really needs a mental break. Like, everyone does, and he talked about it. Like, you know, everyone needs to get away. This has been really, really intense. It's It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of learning, but it's also been really intense. And just the ability to step away from the game, even if you're – to step away from a competitive game. That's not what like the Rising Stars challenge is going to be. It's going to be fun. It's going to be going out and just hooping. But you know, his uh, I think his mom is flying out for uh, All Star Weekend, and then he's going to go catch his sister's game and then his brother's game and kind of do a little family trip and then race back. Um, I, I think this is just going to be a great opportunity for all of these players to clear their mind and get ready for what should be a really really wild and competitive uh final what is it 26 games that are left 26. and the kings uh they still have more games than most right like they got i think they're like starting to catch up three, aren't they four games that they got to catch up for yeah they're still a little bit behind as far as games played especially it yeah. i feel like the clippers have played just a ton of games yeah. um and the kings had like the Clippers have, the have played 59 games. And the Kings have played how many? 56. Yeah. 
Yeah, and, and there was a much larger disparity at one point. I think there was a six-game difference between games played at one point. And tomorrow's so just, it, right? Like, there, I'm, I'm not missing it, one. No. Tomorrow's it for the Kings. And I, I think the yeah. – uh, ironically, I think the Clippers play like two more times. Yeah, because the All-Star break technically is until after Thursday night's game. So the Kings, they kind of stole a couple extra days here with yeah. the schedule. Yeah. yeah, they got a nice, nice long break. Which is a good it's, look considering on Friday night um, – Malik Monk goes down with a sprained ankle, so you could get, you know, three. I, I know he was at practice today. Um, I don't see any reason why he should play tomorrow. Um, I'd give him that whole, whole All Star break to to recuperate and get that leg to, to get that ankle together. Yeah, we did not see him today at practice. They uh, Mike Brown said that he had come in and had shot some with his development coach, um, but there was no practicing for him it, it's you know it's interesting the kings have been guarded with their meet with their uh injury report um like if they just if we knew if this was like a grade one grade two or grade three ankle sprain it would help us kind of tell you how long he's going to be out mm-hmm. so uh mike brown said he did not think that it was going to be a long-term thing and uh he was hopeful that it wouldn't be a long-term thing but you know, like a, it, we know it's an ankle sprain, and a grade three ankle sprain is like between like eight and twelve weeks. Like that's how long that is. So a grade two, you might be able to get back in three to four weeks. A grade one, you might be one to two weeks. Just depends on how you uh, deal with uh, with you know like travel and everything else. I think the one other good thing is um, with the All Star break, the Kings aren't going to be flying a whole bunch of places. So. You know, it's possible that Malik goes with them to to Phoenix, but it's also possible he doesn't. And the fewer, you know, plane trips he takes over the next week, uh, you know, to 10 days, the better, because that's where you really can get some, some swelling and some things go a little haywire. Yeah, the only thing that, the only thing that would have beat the current King schedule is if Tuesday's game had been at home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would have, they would have been kicking it. Um well, talking about Malik here, uh, Hammer, it, it, it felt like the big one of the big differences, if not the biggest difference, in the Friday Saturday matchup was the performance of the bench. Uh, you had big time performances with, with with Terrence Davis, which obviously we we started the show with, uh, and then Trey Lyles, who Trey Lyles is is really has been super consistent for this team, uh, and has been able to deliver when they needed him. But he also played in the five spot once Domas fouled out. And we've started to see that uh, a little bit recently. Is it something you think we see more of in, in, in this final 20-some-odd games of the season when the All-Star break is over? Yeah, I mean, they didn't bolster the position at the, at the uh, trade deadline. So um, I still think, again, there might be a player that makes sense on – the buyout market for the Kings uh, that could pop up here be in, in the coming days or maybe the next week where you could see the Kings kind of jump at somebody that makes, you know, again, that could fill a, a spot for them, even if it's not a heavy minute spot, but someone that gives you a different look than what you have right now. Um, you know, players to look at that I, I've heard like very specifically, maybe a guy like Nerlens Noel, who's been caught up in this whole four team trade uh, that went sideways, right? Mm. So, uh, you know, James I don't even Weisman, think I knew he was a part of that. He's not. 
but oh. he is by proxy. <laughs> oh. So the Detroit Pistons, that's where he's at right now. You know, they have Jalen Dern, they have Isaiah Got Stewart, uh, and then they yeah. had traded for James Weissman, and that deal was, like, put on ice. And then it finally went through yesterday, which was a huge gamble by the Warriors, but one that they almost, like, there's nothing they could do at this point. They're mm-hmm. a pot committed to that trade. Mm-hmm. Um, and they can only hope that the, the league hammers uh, the Blazers for what they did there. That was just some Bush League stuff. For, sorry, my ice maker's on today in, in the bar. Uh, normally, I shut it off. Um, Party at the ham house. Let's go, that's baby. Right. I got. I got to be ready for post game here. Um, but uh, Nerlens Noel is a guy that that could be a buyout candidate for Detroit and someone that you know may or may not fit into uh, what the Kings are trying to do, or at least give them a different look. Someone that can actually block shots and and get steals. And uh, you know, as far as players go, he's not one of you know, someone I think is a game changer, but for this team, but it leads you back to like the Trey Lyle situation. And like Trey has been so good for them so many times. He's, it's not every game. And, you know, he's coming off a two game stretch where he didn't play a ton and he didn't score at all in the final, in the last two games, but he just has a, an ability to come up in big moments. You know, the three pointer from the top of the key, the big rebounds, like he just has that ability. He's a smart player. He doesn't make a bunch of mistakes. I would really like to see him play more five here in the second half of the season, um, just because I'm not sure that what you get out of the other options really helps you as much as, you know, having more high basketball IQ players who can like multi-positional high basketball IQ players like Trey. Hey, we talked about um, uh, our main man, Kevin Herter, being in the three-point shootout. And as of late, he hasn't been able to hit the three ball. Um, it's been a struggle for him. But he still found a way and finds a way to get his 15 points, 16 points on a night. I know you've kind of been looking at that, Ham. Like, how important is that for him to still be able to be productive? I mean, he had um, the big offensive rebound and putback in the game on Saturday. And while he's looked at as a three-point shooter, and that's that's his specialty for sure, I like that he finds a way to continue to find a way to get those points and be productive, even if the jump shot isn't falling necessarily. Yeah, you can tell that he, he understands the, the jumpers on the fritz. So 15 points, five assists, eight rebounds in the win over Dallas. He had five rebounds the night before. He's starting to show that like if it's not happening – He's going to go do some other things. He's going to try to go get to the get to the free throw line, or he's going to go in the middle of the key and and get a you know little fade away or something to fall. What I like about Herter is number one, he is six foot seven, and I think people forget that all the time that he's six seven um, because you know he primarily plays on the perimeter and you don't see him go inside all that much. But when he gets in the key. He looks like a guy who's six foot seven and like at every gym in America, you're like, hey, that guy's just taller than everybody and he scores. It, he has a like an uncanny ability to be a, impactful in the middle of the key, mm-hmm. is what I'm saying. Like, it's not flashy. It's you're not going to see him do the Malik Monk crazy thing or what we saw from uh, from Kyrie the other night, but it's it's effective. He, he looks like a guy who is six foot seven and isn't that far below the rim. And to me, it's just like you get six foot 11 guys that don't look six foot 11 when they're standing next to the rim because they can't score right next to the basket and you're like shocked by it. 
but he looks like a guy he plays as tall as he is in in the key so i hope that he continues to figure that out because he should be more active as a cutter and the shot's going to eventually fall uh but i think just like every other king shooter at this point he needs a break he needs to rest his legs he needs to you know shoot a bunch of three balls over the next week but also let let his body heal uh he's playing a, a lot of minutes but also in a lot more pressure situations than he has in a lot of points in his career he's being asked to do more uh than he was in atlanta and so i think we'll see a different herder in the second half of the season i think one one good that we talk about you know whether it's trey or keegan going to rebound kevin herder going to rebound um talked about fourth quarter fox terrence david like this team keeps finding different ways to win uh, and we used these numbers earlier, Hammer. They, they scored 133 in, in overtime on Saturday night. They only hit eight threes. They only had 22 assists. Both of those numbers are a far cry uh, from the numbers we've been touting all year, You know where Kenny wants 12-plus made threes uh, per game. I want 27, 28 assists or more per game. And the fact that they were able to go out there and beat a really talented Dallas Mavericks team just shows – this is what good teams do. You find different ways to win the game. I think, let me double-check the set. Yeah, they absolutely blew the Mavericks out in terms of points in the paint, which is not a sentence we've uttered too many times, if at all, through this entire year. They were like 74 or something? 74 to 46. Jeez. Found different that ways to get the job done. Sabonis was in foul trouble and fouled out, so that's mm-hmm. not how you got most of them. What did he finish with, 22? 22 and yeah, 14, I mean, yep. It does help that Fox is just absolutely money at the rim. He's absolutely money in the mid-range. His floater game is big. Herter's floater game is big. Um, you know, Keegan, we're starting to see him, like, develop, well, show flashes of some of the other things he can do. Again, Harrison Barnes is really impactful when he goes to the rim. Um, like, this team has the ability to score in a lot of different ways. And, like, they're back up to number one in the league in offensive rating. Like, this is the best offense in the league right now. It's them and it's the Denver Nuggets who have been above everyone else for the last, you know, almost since the start of the season. And their pace is slowed down, but their efficiency is right there. You wish more threes would fall. They have actually, you can look at like the last four or five games, they've really struggled from the perimeter. And, you know, they'll figure it out. Again, give them a week off, give them 10 days off here to sort of, rest up and, and get ready and let their bodies recover. And I, I think we'll see big things. Hey, um, it feels like we've, there's probably like 10 different um, candidates for this, but Fox is still in dunk in the fourth quarter last night. Hmm. Top 10 uh, loudest moment at the Golden One Center. You've seen pretty much all of them. Top 10. Yeah, that was nuts. I mean, again, hat tip to the crowd. We're up to 18,111, I think, every game. Or keep finding more room. They keep stuffing more people in here because forever it was under 18,000, right? It was yeah. like in the high mm-hmm. 17s. All of a sudden now, like the sellouts, and they feel like sellouts. You know, again, I, I even I talked to Gary St. Jean about that. I'm like, man, you're in for a treat. This place feels like arco at this point like it it's alive it's starting to develop its own personality as far as a building and it's fun like every single night is is just a barn burner and and active and like the crowd is wild i mean i heard some booze 
like there were boos in the on Friday night. The the Kings were the fans were not happy about the forty five to twenty five first quarter. I mean, it, they shouldn't. have Yeah, been that's that's horrible. that's bad enough to piss anyone yeah, off. Yeah, and the, the Casuals need to settle yeah. down. They're, they're not, we're not booing the Kings right now. <laughs> settle down, Casuals. Eighteen. Calm down. That was me booing. I was booing from the concourse. <laughs> Eighteen one hundred and eleven was the was the uh, attendance on Saturday. Wow. Were you waiting for that uh, that ice cream on the Concord while you were booing? Yeah, it was right. It was right. It, well, that's why I was booing. That's actually what I was booing is the ice cream was so good. There was a long line to uh, to get it. I, Shout I couldn't out to get the cream. it. Oh yeah, man. I mean that. I think that line went all the way to like the uh, the neon lights of like you know, the <laughs> shaky right. pizza was, sign tower. A- Tower records. As soon as as soon as we came up from the media area, got off the elevator, we're like, "Why are so many people over here?" And you turn the corner and you look, and it was right there by where we sit. It's like, "Oh, they're all here for the ice cream joint." <laughs> all right, well, good, good, good for Usually our man that's Mike the line and the to crew. See, uh, Damien, nobody believes you when it's you do truth. that. It's the truth. Why do you do that? It is. Nobody believes you when you do that. Because I'm there. I witness it. It's the line to see you. Just telling lies. Line to the people who listen to this program. Goodness gracious. Uh, well, the Kings will close out the first part will uh, you of the season. <laughs> will you stop? You know, you know who Gorilla Monsoon is, don't you, James? No. No. Okay. All right. Never I did. Mind. I did love that halftime show, though. That was incredible. Oh, there you go. All right. Ham, ham, ham for the culture. Uh, right there with the halftime show. Yeah. A pregnant woman suspended 100 oh feet God. in the air. And only the NFL, baby. Wild. Oh, Wild. Only the NFL. I kept Chained looking like, like, she's attached to something, right? Like, just yeah. in case she's attached to something. Harnesses. Um, if you're listening on ESPN 1320 or the Odyssey app and you want more Kings Talk, you want more from James Hamm, maybe you want to hear a little bit more about the Super Bowl, don't go anywhere. We're going to run it back next here on Sacramento Sports Leader, ESPN 1320. Hi, Rihanna. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.